Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is the Decrypt Daily. And my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Quantstamp says Ethereum 2.0 is ready. Alibaba founder Jack Ma says digital currencies are the future. And in our main chat with Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, we're talking PayPal and how it could change the landscape for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. All coming up today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, October 26, 2020, and I'm happy to be back. I hope everybody enjoyed my shows last week when I was off. I had some great guests and some great topics, and I thought some great conversations. So if you did like them, please send me an email, Aaron at decrypt.co. And tell me what you thought about the shows, what you thought about the format. And if you missed this format, I was up in Essex, New York for this past week, right on the other side of Lake Champlain, outside of Burlington, Vermont. And I got to give a shout out to this Airbnb. This Airbnb I was staying at was top notch. It's called ADK Oasis up in Essex, New York. Six acres, beachfront, great decor, wood burning oven. I had a relaxing weekend but I'm happy to be back to work. And now I got to catch up to what's going on in crypto. And the best way to do that is to read those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $12,900. We're having a big pullback at the moment. So every time I refresh the screen, it goes even lower. Ethereum, 388. Litecoin, 5567. Chainlink, 1146. And XRP, 24.7 cents. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is sitting at $388.7 billion with a BTC dominance of 61.6%. And in our main story today, we have Mr. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, to talk about the news I missed last week while I was off. PayPal, now being custodians to Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and more. Mr. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, welcome to the Decrypt Daily, sir. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on again. This is a blast. I mean, it's always a blast when you come on, but I'm coming back here after a week of vacation to some big news. PayPal now saying Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and all kinds of other digital currencies. Dude, can you tell me what happened last week while I was off? Yeah, well, last week while you were off, there's a lot of big stuff going on. But of course, PayPal announced that they're going to enable uh, consumers to begin to buy and sell uh, digital assets through their platform Venmo. So that was a huge, huge deal in the space. So everyone was excited. That's it? We're just excited? Yeah, yeah. A little more than excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to some people, they think that was the reason for pushing the price, which I have an issue with. I don't think it was just PayPal saying they were doing it. I think Tether also pushed the price. So you know, that's, that is what a lot of people are saying is right when that news came out, you know, Bitcoin popped over 13,000. It's been its highest levels since last year over after the Litecoin halving. And we're just on our way up to my opinion at by in the year 20K. What is your prediction on? And I know I hate don't, don't like to talk about price predictions per se, but it seems as though it's almost like you set your watch by by uh, Bitcoin's halving and when they're going to see the 
Bitcoin reaching its last all-time highs, and then when we can see a next bull. What do you think about that schedule and that timing that everybody talks about? You know, I think there is some validity to it. Uh, I know Croesus did a tweet storm the other day talking about that exact point, looking at the timing of it. Uh, my good friend, Fibbo Swanee, he's got technical analysis charts that show different metrics, right? And so my thing is when I look at the price and where I think the price is potentially going, I think it was Adam Back who said something about we were going to have a $2,000 candle at some point, and we had that this last week. It was actually a $2,000 candle. I went back and looked at the charts when we had the big bull run. There were actually $4,000 candles back-to-back weeks. So can we see something like that repeat? Possibly. Uh, I do believe there's enough momentum pushing Bitcoin that we could see it get somewhere between, I'd say, 17 and 20K by the end of the year. Well, there we go, man. All right. Well, we are definitely bullish, man. Bags yeah. aren't as ha- heavy as they used to be. You know, B- PayPal has a huge user base, over 340 million users. What do you think this is going to do for cryptocurrency when uh, th- that many people are able to access holding Bitcoin? Yeah, it's, it's tricky, right? Because if you look at Robinhood, Robinhood allows you to buy and sell Bitcoin as well. And the funny thing I find is that back when Robinhood made their announcement, we didn't get half of this press that we got with PayPal saying they're going to do the same thing. But I think it's because the anticipation of PayPal coming in is what's driving this. Now, that being said, you're correct. With 346 million people having access to buy in PayPal, a lot of those people probably have PayPal accounts, Venmo accounts. It's clear to say Venmo because I don't believe PayPal is going to enable it on the PayPal platform. It'll be via Venmo. So when that happens, yes, people can buy it, but they're not really buying Bitcoin, to be honest. I want to go into that in uh, just a little bit. But when it comes to the PayPal's be the hype about PayPal. You know, when it comes to Robinhood, it's just like, hey, stocks is hodl. Let's try to make money investment. You know, people look at have a different kind of idea of holding stocks. It's like I'm gonna buy buy Tesla or Apple or whatever, and I'm gonna hodl that for a longer period of time to see if I can get my uh, investment. But or Bitcoin has always been framed as a new kind of money, a new kind of currency, something that we can transact with. When PayPal comes into the scene and says that we're gonna offer this, this is almost fulfilling the destiny of Bitcoin, which creates more hype. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, I do agree with it to a certain extent, and we'll probably get into this a little bit later too. But again, what PayPal is enabling is your ability to quote unquote sort of access Bitcoin. It's sort of like GBTC, right, for the institutional players. Like they want exposure to Bitcoin, but they're not really getting real exposure. They don't hold Bitcoin. They're buying a share of GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, but it's not Bitcoin you're buying. Grayscale holds the Bitcoin. PayPal is going to hold the Bitcoin. You're technically buying an IOU of that Bitcoin. So it's it's a little different, a little misleading. This is why some people in the crypto space gets up in arms, but it's tricky. It's tricky. So what's the difference between this IOU that you say and say a gold-backed dollar? This is basically a voucher for Bitcoin, which has value, the digital gold. The greenback was the greenback for the for the for gold uh, in the Federal Reserve a long time ago. Why would it have any pushback on something that we in the crypto space very much uh, vehemently support, like a gold-backed dollar, opposed to fiat no-backed currency? Yeah, again, like I said, don't get me wrong, I definitely, and I think a lot of people in the crypto space tilt their hat to PayPal for finally 
sort of getting off zero. I think we're excited about this. I think there's a lot of potential for it. But again, what you're getting access to is pretty much, because again, we've heard it before, not your keys, not your coins. I get it, right? And so you don't hold the keys to that Bitcoin. PayPal does. So when you go to buy, let's say, 100 bucks in Bitcoin on Venmo, you're going to be buying 100 bucks that in exchange, they're going to give you an IOU to say in the ledger, Paul owns $100 via Venmo, but that's it. We, PayPal, actually hold the keys to those Bitcoin. I can't move that Bitcoin off of Venmo. It's going to stay on Venmo. There's nothing I can do with it. But you'll still be able to tra transact with all the people that are using Venmo, PayPal, and uh, other merchants that are accepting it as well. So this is really a big step up, no? It is. Now, what you just said is actually a huge statement. I don't think you realized it. Listen, <clears throat> we will not use Bitcoin as an actual currency for at least, and I'm going to quote Mike Novogratz, five years. 2025. And here's the reason why. The, the, the laws are not written so we can use Bitcoin as a currency yet. Listen, no one's going to track every time they transact with Bitcoin to buy a cup of coffee or to buy whatever. They, they just aren't going to do it. Big ticket items, maybe. Small ticket items, they're not. So no one is... I know myself, I'm not going to pay a merchant in Bitcoin. I don't care what they say. Not yet. You know, you, you made a big statement there. And I, I, I want to just touch on that a little bit is like we have a presidential election coming up. We have, you know, Biden or Trump, which is one of those two are probably going to win, not the libertarian Joe Jorgensen. Um, <laughs> and if, if Mike Novogratz is saying 2025, the 2025 could look a lot different depending on which person becomes president. Which one do you think is more bullish for Bitcoin and the implementation of Bitcoin being used as a payment method? I'm going to forget who said it. It was in my brief, but someone said that uh, if Joe Biden wins, it's going to do great things for Bitcoin, right? We'll probably see the price move significantly. If Trump wins, it'll be a slower appreciation in price. And, and I have to agree with that. Why? Because when you look at the policies of both of these gentlemen and their parties, I think the Democratic Party probably will continue to move more socialist and print, 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 print. And even, but I, I, say, I say that, but even with Trump, we've been print, 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 right? Print go burn. Printed quite a bit, my friend. Yeah, so, so, so I, yeah, I, I, we make these assumptions, but that's what I've read in the media is that most people think that if Biden wins, it's going to go up. Trump wins slower appreciation. All right. So the, the low hanging fruit that I try to ignore that we have to talk about is, you know, not your keys, not your coins. If this is an IOU, we're talking, uh, you know, Jameson Lop, my boy, he was just on the podcast the other day. And he said, you know, all, all it is is IOUs, as you just said as well. Brad Garlinghouse of XRP Ripple, um, he said two steps forward, one step back. Is this really two step forward, one step back? Is this really a problem that's an IOU? Is this FUD speak really necessary at this point? No, I don't think the FUD speak is necessary, but I do believe that people need to be made aware of what they're getting access to, that they're not actually owning Bitcoin. Now, that being said, I'm like, and I forget who actually mentioned this, and maybe it was in one of the articles that I read, in time, right? So right now today, PayPal, it's an evolutionary process. Of course, they're taking the first step, and that is getting you access to it. The next step, they might do what eToro did. They might switch the game and say, okay, you can now move the asset off the platform, but that's not built out yet. So it's a step-by-step, phase-by-phase approach, and who knows what's going to happen in the next three to five years and what PayPal is ultimately going to balloon this into. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a process. 
Last one is my conspiracy theory. It's just interesting that when you have big companies, you know, people have been, you know, companies, investment companies and companies that have nothing to do with Bitcoin have been buying up Bitcoin lately. Now we have PayPal, which is a payment service, should have probably been dealing with Bitcoin back in 2013 when they first started talking about it, didn't get into it. Now they're, t- they're teaming up with some really big players in the space. We're talking about BitGo, who says claims that they have, you know, 15% of all Bitcoin transactions in the space uh, going through them. And they're talking about maybe acquiring BitGo, PayPal's acquiring BitGo, uh, teaming up with Paxil. Conspiracy theory. Do you think that this is a little bit weird that all of these big kind of institutional players are getting into the game? Is it a maybe, I, we've, we've seen this in business before, uh, people come into the game, start buying up these these companies, getting their own institutional hands into or bigger company hands into these smaller players, players and then just wiping them out of existence or bending their development to go into more of the mainstream or what they want the future to look like? Yeah, you know, I think it's a natural evolution of a bigger plan, right? So PayPal's entrance into the space is not a surprise to anyone. I think a lot of people actually anticipated that happening. It's sort of like the blockbuster in Netflix, right? Blockbuster should have been Netflix, but they they missed the missed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, PayPal's mm-hmm. not gonna let that happen. Now, when Winces Cesars went to PayPal, that should have been a huge signal to everyone that guess what? They're about to play because why would they bring Winces Cesars on board? It's like the office of the comptroller currency. Why would you bring Brian Brooks, who is obviously a crypto person into that position? Because they're about to get ready and shift into that mode, digital assets. And look what he did. He made mm-hmm. it so that banks would be able to custody Bitcoin and other digital assets. This is what's going to happen with PayPal. I believe you're going to see PayPal acquire several companies in the space. There is, this is a land grab. And as a result of PayPal doing this, I think you're going to see other large corporations do the same. I wouldn't be surprised if you wind up seeing a Google or an Apple or one of these companies hmm. get into the space, acquiring these crypto companies. I don't think they're going to snatch and grab it and throw it away. I think they're going to build upon it. We're watching the entire financial infrastructure be rebuilt on top of blockchain. This is how it's going to happen. You said land grab. I think the ethos of my question was that, do you think this land grab is for the promotion of digital assets and blockchain and cryptocurrency or the destruction of it? No, I think it's for the it's for the promotion of it. We're this is what I just said. We're watching the entire financial infrastructure get rebuilt on top of blockchain. If it was to squash it, why did Brian Brooks say that banks can now custody digital assets? You're not going to give that signal if you're going to squash it. Listen, this is the same thing Barry Silver came out and said. Barry Silver came out and telegraphed that announcement from Brian Brooks by saying, "I am 99% sure Bitcoin will never be banned." How can he say that with such confidence? Because he knows where we're going. The entire world is going digital. This is, yeah, they're not going to squash it. This is this is going to promote it. Last question, even though I think I said last question already, but I lied to you. Last question. I, I, I tend to do that quite a bit. If everything's going digital, everything's going blockchain, um, the US dollar blockchain, the euro blockchain, the pound blockchain, the UN already blockchain, where does Bitcoin fit in? Ah, that's a great question. And you know what? Listen, here's what's going to happen. We're about to see the entire financial infrastructure get 100% like controlled by governments. And people are going to fight against that. So if everything is digital, all money's digital, all money's CBDCs, so to speak, right? All of a sudden, people are like, wait a minute, they're surveilling all of that. I don't want to be surveilled. I want to do things outside of that. The only option you're going to have is Bitcoin. 
So that's why Bitcoin will always, like they say, it's the only, the only censorship resistant, decentralized store value. So, and, and it's gonna be the decentralized uh, method of exchanges, medium of exchange as well. So eventually people are gonna say, you know what, we don't wanna deal with this highly surveilled asset like these CBDCs, we need Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's always gonna have them. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. Thanks for coming on as always and a good talking to you. Indeed, same here. And in other news, Quantstamp's CEO, Richard Ma, said in a prepared statement that ETH 2.0 is on track to deliver phase zero in the very near future. Now, ETH 2.0 is a long planned update for the Ethereum network aimed at addressing scalability and security through switching to a proof of stake consensus mechanism. Now, releasing ETH 2.0 is a three phase process, phase zero, one, and two. Now, if you go back to my conversation last week with Jameson Lop, he says that everybody is really overestimating and being very, very bullish on when F2.0 will be actually ready, actually rolled out in its full. So phase zero is just a very small step into getting to that very big goal of a fully rolled out F2.0, which, as Jameson says, is going to be years down the road. Links for that podcast is in the show notes. Also, Ethereum 2.0 researcher Justin Drake tweeted in July, the community wants phase zero genesis in 2020, not a day late. The goal is set. Let's ship it out. I am excited to see what F2.0 has to offer. Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba, said that digital currencies are the future. Jack Ma apparently was speaking Chinese when he made this statement because Vitalik tweeted, what does Shu Zihuabi mean? Where CZ Zhao of Binance replied, the literal translation of that word, of what Jack Ma said, is literally digital currency. In the Chinese culture, CZ says, the meaning is up for interpretation. That's pretty much as far as he can push it without getting into serious trouble for such a speech. He did push a lot of buttons though. Respect, says CZ. Jack Ma also attacked the global banking regulations saying that international banking supervision framework introduced in 2010 was outdated like an old people's club. Everybody's bullish for digital currencies. In what form? I think we might as well just reflect on the conversation we just had with Paul. Hmm. And finally, Harvest Finance issues a $100,000 bounty on a hacker. This bounty follows the hacker's $24 million hack on Harvest Finance liquidity pools. <laughs> I'm laughing because $100,000 for a reward for finding $24 million? If you know who the guy is, you know who it is. Why don't you just reach out and say, hey, why don't you give me $150,000 not to turn you in? <laughs> Harvest, maybe you want to kick up the stakes a little bit for getting $24 million back. But Harvest Finance has placed a bounty of $100,000 in a hacker that attacked the protocol's liquidity pools. The DeFi protocol said that there is now enough information to identify the hacker. The hack is the latest in a long line of growing pains experience for the young DeFi industry. Well, DeFi industry, if you don't want more growing pains, take my advice. Don't offer $100,000 for $24 million. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'm happy to be back a little rusty, but happy to be back. By the way, I just made a Facebook group, The Decrypt Daily. So join the Facebook group, join the Facebook page, like the Facebook page. I am posting videos to the interviews that I do there. They're unedited. They're videos. You can see the people. Join the Facebook page. I'll be interacting and going live there quite a bit. And if you have any other questions, want to reach out. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Happy hodling, everybody.